Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Halloween special. My name is Justin, and I'm really excited for this episode because we're going to be watching Halloween H2O. Clever title, because it's 20 years since the original film. It's the 20-year anniversary, released in 1998. Um, so 20 years down the road. And at last, uh, you know, five films later, and almost 20 years later, we get Jamie Lee Curtis uh, returning, reprising her role as Laurie Strode in this one. I, I, have, I, I know how this one ends. I, I remember the ending quite vividly from when I was younger. But I don't really remember anything else from this. So I'm really excited for this one. You know, 1998 was kind of an interesting time for films. It was kind of right before, you know, Y2K and all that. And there was just a lot of interesting stuff happening. So I'm excited to watch this one. And uh, yeah, let's let's get going with it. So I'm going to push play right now. So if you're following along, you know, three, two, one, push play. And uh, we're starting off on the Dimension titles. Oh, and we get the Mr. Sandman, a throwback to Halloween too. Am I right? Right, right. Oh, opening shot, family, a bunch of kids having fun on Halloween, carving a pumpkin, the opening shot, a pumpkin stabbing into, or a knife stabbing into the pumpkin. We have a, a Langdon, Illinois, so not Haddonfield, and we get this great moving camera shot. One, one long shot of this really just gorgeous looking sort of Halloween street, and a nurse exits her car. It's October 29, 1998, and uh, she makes her way to her house, and is this the nurse from the original film? Is this the nurse that Michael Myers did not... Oh, and when she gets to her house, she notices there's broken glass on the floor, cigarette kind of half hanging out of her mouth, unlit, broken light, sort of hanging haphazardly off of her doorframe, and she slowly opens the door. I really love the way the music just cuts out. It just stops right there. And we just cut to silence. Door creak. She makes her way into this dark house. She kind of hears some footsteps in there and she gets scared. She says, shit. And she leaves the door open. She kind of walks over to the neighbor's house. So she thinks she's been burglared. She thinks someone's broken into her home. So she kind of runs over. And I love all the Halloween decorations here. I don't know. There's a vibe in this movie for sure. The lighting is great. It's kind of dusky lighting. It's really, really cool. Um, Real quick to go back to that shot of the interior of that house as she gazes into it. I love, again, I'll go back to this theme of like trauma in the home. And just that sight can be very scary. Just like an empty, quiet, dusky house, uh, you know. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Hey, it's that guy. Um, God, what's that guy's name? I don't remember, but he was in a, a bunch of scary movies or a bunch of movies in the 90s. Uh, so she bumps into a kid wearing a hockey mask like Jason, which is a funny little moment. Is it like, oh, what is that kid's, what is that guy's name? So you got your classic 90s, you know, oversized flannel shirts, hockey sticks, beanie wearing kids, you know. Is it, jo is it Joseph Gordon? Is it Joseph Gordon? Howe? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know his name. Anyway, uh, so these teenagers that this nurse bumps into sort of offer to go check out her house. And I love, again, like the time of day is great here. Like the sun is setting, like it's sunset. It's really like, it's hard to do making a film to like a 
like get in there at that moment and like capture that light and get the scene correct and stuff and have it all feel cohesive. So I really like it. All right. So he walks into this empty house with his hockey stick in hand. He's like, what is he like 15, 16, maybe this kid? The nurse is like, no, 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 don't, don't do it. But he goes anyway, and he just disappears into the darkness of the house and the door just kind of closes behind him with this creepy pumpkin. Um, he closes it himself, but we don't see that until this camera. <laughs> uh, Jimmy's been suspended for getting a little crazy with the stick. <laughs> oh, God, it's so good. Oh, it's so cheesy. It, it really does feel like, you know... A different era, right? It feels like the era of Scream now, right? Um, so he kind of makes his way through the house and we get a couple of music rises. You know, the music kind of crescendos there as he kind of looks in some doors and her this nurse's uh, office has been totally ransacked. Um, papers strewn everywhere, desk out of place. Billy opens the door and he's like, oh, oh, oh my, what's this mess? This is shit. Um grungy 90s kid there's like a liquor cabinet and he's walking through the kitchen we got the hanging dishes got the kitchen island you can just sort of see how you know even the interiors of homes have changed and he takes a cookie off the halloween cookie tray and he takes this opportunity to kind of sneak a couple of beers out of her fridge for later puts the beer bottles in his pants as the cabinet behind him slowly creeps open and oh my God, an iron flies out of it, scares him. He spins, swings his hockey stick. He's just trashing her kitchen even more. He's smashing pots and pans and stuff. A little jump scare. Oh, everything's fine. It was just an iron flopping out of the closet. So when he finally, when he gets out of the house, it's night now. Nothing to fear. Coast is clear. So nothing's like everything's trash and he tells her that the office is trashed and she runs in to investigate. <laughs> and they messed up your kitchen real bad too. Good night. <laughs> All right. So the nurse goes in should have called the cops. Yeah, you definitely should have called the cops. <laughs> yeah, it seems, it seems good. Let, let a couple of teenagers with hockey sticks, like just like, you know, go into your broken into house. It seems, it seems great. So she goes in, locks the door behind her, powers out. And she's just like, eh, this is fine. There's no, no problem. No big deal. And she sort of starts to make her way through the house. And the kids celebrate their newly acquired beer hall as they make their way back to their house next door. All right, so the nurse kind of starts to make her way through the house, checks the breaker, nothing's working. Gets a flashlight. Music kicks up. We all know what's going to happen here, right, folks? I mean, we we know where this is going, right? So she goes to investigate her, you know, paper strewn about office, you know, all the stuff in her office. And there's a picture of Dr. Loomis in her office. And she finds the file labeled Laurie Strode and it is empty. The Laurie Strode file is empty and she hears a noise from behind her. And she goes to investigate. Oh, the front door creaks open. The one that she locked, remember? Oh, shit. And there's Michael Myers in the hallway behind her in the house. She turns. 
and then the back door creepily opens as though Myers just left. I like the the wind blowing in on her hair right here that she makes her way down the hallway. It's a good touch. I would be like pretty scared at this point when like all the doors are just opening. She sort of sees a shadow move out there and she's like, oh, hell no, I'm running. I'm getting the hell out of here. Drops the flashlight out the front door, runs down the street. She gets it. She knows what's going on here. This is your classic run to the neighbor's house scene from Halloween. I love all the decorations, the skeletons and pumpkins. So here she is trying to break in, get in the door. She kind of busts into her neighbor's house. TV's on somewhere. She hears it in the background. Oh, Jimmy is dead. Jimmy's dead with a damn ice skate through his face. Nice. Holy shit. That's brutal. So she runs through. Oh, and there's the other kid. Oh, and he's dead too. Oh man, the body count already. And there's Michael Myers in the door frame. He grabs a kitchen knife out of the kitchen knife block. And he begins pursuing her through the house. This is a great scene. It's well lit. He hears the police sirens and he kind of gets startled for a second. So I guess the nurse did call the police. And she clocks him with a golf club and he goes down for a second, but not out for the count. He grabs her and tries to stab her and misses. This is good. This is like classic stuff. This is good stuff. It's very screamy, though. It's very screaming. She's trying to she's trying to scream for the police because they're next door at her house, right? But she's at the house at the other house. And Michael Myers is trying to get her and he's she's fighting him off. In the meantime, the police are right next door, right? It's, and they keeps cutting back and forth. It's a good sort of it it's good to oh, and she doesn't make it. Uh, Michael Myers gets her as she breaks the window to call to the cops and slices her throat. And that's it for her. And the cops kind of just look around a little bit and kind of, you know, he immediately goes and sees the broken window next door. And he's like, hey, Bobby. Looks like a daily double breaking and entering. Meanwhile, Myers has stolen the car and he's on his way. It's a great shot of the car just sort of creepily driving down the street. And then we cut to a rainstorm. I guess it's the next day. And they found the bodies. So yeah. It was the nurse from before. And Dr. Loomis used to live in this house. Uh, the woman took care of him, apparently, in his old age. And they're talking about Michael Myers. They never found his body 20 years ago. So is this movie, I think if I recall correctly, if I recall, I think this film might have connected to the originals. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if this movie took into account any of the ones up until this, like, I think it just was right out. I don't know. Anyway, but they basically said like it happened 20 years ago. So they're referring back to the events from 20 years ago. And they, it's interesting. And they sort of discover this wall of weird in, uh, Loomis's room, you know, this like tracking of, of Myers and his history. And this, this sort of junior detective is like Michael Myers. Yeah. Right. And then we get this cool title, title credits, dimension films release. Mustafa Akkad presents hear the music come up as the camera kind of pans through this room with all this Michael Myers info. 
And we see like a drawing, a, a sort of a charcoal drawing of Myers's face and Jamie Lee Curtis. Nice. Yay. Jamie Lee's back. Um, Halloween H2O. 20 years later. <laughs> Local boy H6 kill sister with knife. So we kind of get like a montage here of like the history and. We get some we get some Donald Pleasant's uh, voice over. He sadly passed away before this movie came out. Um, I think this is I think this is a recast here, though. I don't think that's actually Donald Pleasant's. Sounds like him, though. Yeah. Josh Hartnett introducing Josh Hartnett, folks. Here he comes, Josh Hartnett, with LL Cool J. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, I was right. I kind of got there as Jimmy. That's crazy. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, man. Jimmy didn't last long, though, did he? So, yeah, so we get some Dr. Loomis stuff and... Yeah, this is not Donald Pleasance anymore. They must have just re recast and, and, and did some more music stuff. I did some voice stuff. But um it's a cool little montage, you know, kind of kind of catches us up with speed and you know, we kind of get the history that we need and we we kind of get a little understanding of who Michael Myers is and why we should be scared of him. He's this just pure evil entity and survivor of Halloween murders killed in auto accident. It says Laurie Strode killed an auto accident in the newspaper. Wonder if that's actually true. And there's a picture of Laurie in the class of 78 yearbook circled. But she was a senior in that movie? I don't think that's accurate. I don't think she was she was graduating in 1978. And the camera kind of pans in real close into the eyes, the dark, dark eyes of Michael Myers. Then we get a little thunder clap and we cut to a bell sound and a first person camera movement through a dark building. Oh my, look at this scene. This is just this is just classic 90s, you know, white curtains, wind billowing in the moonlight, moving down a hallway in sort of a I don't know how you would describe this facade, this motif, this interior design, but we move into this door, this is room, looks like a school maybe. It's very posh, very like fancy, the big Computer chair, giant globe, you know, the, some sort of classroom. And there's a picture of uh, its headmistress, Carrie Tate's desk, and a picture of Josh Hartnett on the desk. And um, it's some sort of fancy boarding school or something. And we see a clock tick over to Halloween, October 31st, as the camera continues to kind of move through this space towards the, the closet. And that's a cool shot. So there's like this closet... That looks like the closet from the original film. The camera goes over to that and we get a glimpse of Myers attacking Jamie, attacking Laurie. And then. Uh, so it was a dream and. She's having a night terror and Josh Hartnett comes in to help her and she's sort of having this terrible dream. And we see that it is Laurie Strode it is Jamie Lee Curtis. 90s Jamie Lee Curtis. And she kind of awakens from her dream in a, in a sweat, you know, just sort of like terrified. And 
I, I believe we're sort of to presume that Laurie Strode has, you know, uh, sort of hidden her identity. We see the scar on her arm from Michael Myers' knife cut in the first film, which is a cool touch right there. Um, and we're, we're to assume that she's sort of changed her identity in order to be safe and, and escape the, the curse, right? Um, supposedly, you know, it seems as though her name is Carrie Tate and she's the headmistress of some kind of school. So her son, I guess, is this guy... Her part, I don't know. I forget. I think it's her son, but I forget. He, he like gets her medicine and Summer Glen, California. All right. So she escaped the madness of Illinois and never looked back. And, and now she works at the Kill, Killcrest, October 30 for Hillcrest Academy High School, October 31st, Halloween. We get some nice, <laughs> just, just deep green trees. And and brown fall leaves blowing around on the ground. I swear this I've seen this kitchen in, in another movie. Feels like a set. Alright, yeah, so this is her son. She hands him some kind of note from her dad. And it's a happy seven happy seventeenth birthday card, so her son's seventeen. They're having a little argument about him. Him going to Yosemite and she's saying you're not going. And he's he's wearing like a very oversized baggy button down shirt. <laughs> but see, it's cool because like you can you can already like they're already playing up the sort of trauma that Ke- that Laurie Schrode has gone through. And, uh, you know, she doesn't, she's overprotective, right? Because she has this history, right? And they, they really dive into that again in the, in the more recent movies, too, which is cool. And they're really kind of getting heated now. They, you know, she doesn't want him to go, and he wants a little more freedom, and she's like, no, you can't, you can't go. It's not safe. And so they, her son's name is John, and he brings up the fact that today is Halloween. And she's like, ah, I didn't know it was Halloween. And Ed Okay, so now we're at the high school, I guess. And again, I, I think it's good. I think it's smart that they kind of went with a multi-generational approach here, right? Like the adults, how the adults deal with terror and scariness and trauma, how the, how the teenagers deal with it. We're not, probably not going to get like the younger kids anymore. I guess they started to realize like teenagers wanted to see other teenagers in the horror movies <laughs> at the box office. Um, and not like little kids like, like Jamie Lee or Jamie Lynn from the other movies, but yeah. Um, and so I guess uh, this is a great, great shot of her looking out the window and she sort of sees Michael Myers' reflection in the window and she knows she knows it's not really there and he kind of fades away. But you know, this it's a good it's a good indicator to the audience that she's haunted by these memories, right? It's it's stayed with her for 20 years. She's done everything she can to like forget the trauma of that that Halloween, but but she just can't, right? And so and this is a very it seems like a very preppy school, you know, <laughs> very like, you know, private school type of scene. They all have jackets and uniforms and stuff. And so um, John, I guess, meets up with his girlfriend 
and they're talking about financial aid and Yosemite and this trip they want to take. And heartthrobby Josh Hartnett is just like being all heartthrobby. And they got his friend who's like the the foil for Josh Hartnett's hunkiness, who's like kind of like the nerdy guy who's not as hot and hunky. Um, and they have a little kiss. And Hartnett and his, his girlfriend, I guess. And they go, and John, I guess, and his girlfriend. And they walk to class. And then we cut to a car on a road. It looks like kind of like an old-timey car. And it says we're on Highway 139 in Northern California. Looks like I'm an old station wagon or something. Rest area. All right. So this station wagon pulls into this secluded rest area, which is just like, I don't know. It's just like a building in the middle of nowhere. Uh oh. Oh, so we do have so we do have kids. We do have like the uh, young kid here. Interesting. So I, I forgot about this. So yeah, we do get another. Oh, uh, and the camera pans over and we see the car that Michael Myers stole has got a flat tire and it's sort of abandoned there. And now we're like, oh shit. Oh, the little kid has to go to the bathroom, but the door's locked and there's another car and the mom's like, what are we going to do here? And oh, she, God forbid we have to go in the other, ba- <laughs> the other bathroom. And the kid's like, no, we can't go in the boys' room. Come on, it's just a freaking same bathroom. Um, so they go in and it's empty and the lights. God, what, how, Michael Myers is like, what is he like made of like, uh, is he like an EMP pulse? He just turns off all electricity everywhere he goes. All right, so she, there's a rock to hold the door open and she puts the rock in there and she brings her kid in to go to the bathroom. This is good though. I mean, this is like a tapping in, like as a parent myself, like tapping into like this, this fear, right? Of like the sort of anxiety of like, you know, this kind of scene, like taking your young kid into the bathroom or whatever and kind of having to not. So they both go into a stall of their, each one goes into their own stall and. Oh, we hear the rock, we hear the rock move. And the door closes and the kid's scared and mom says, it's just the door, Casey. There's no toilet paper. So the mom, you know, pulls, pulls out some tissues from her ultimate bag of holding and Casey's hand reaches out from under the stall to grab the tissues and she starts she starts humming Mary had a little lamb I believe there's a bathroom scene like this in the more recent films as well so they, I wonder if they kind of come back to this oh no and then a hand reaches down and steals her purse and she just immediately is terrified and she peeks out through the crack of the stall and sees Michael Myers with his mask and it's a creepy little moment. He looks back through the mirror and sort of sees her looking at him and then just kind of leaves. It's just cre- the, mask, the mask looks good in this one. It's, it's creepy. All right, now she's just, she's just absolutely terrified and she's, you know, she's worried about her kid and she just kind of let him go and, she, you know, the music kind of builds up here and she kind of turns the, turns the lock on the stall. Oh, and then the kid screams and... Oh, it was the spiders. And the mom rushes in, but then realizes that her car has been stolen. But at least at least they're safe. And then we fade in to the school, and we've got Laurie Strode, aka Carrie Tate, headmistressing Hogwarts style. <laughs> it does kind of look Hogwarts. She tells them to uphold the standards of the school of Hillcrest. 
No musical sleeping bags, no drugs, no booze, no messing around. Everyone stay sharp on your trip to Yosemite. So the kids are all like planning to like not go on the Yosemite trip. And they're and they're going to go have dinner and get drunk and have sex and, you know, do teenager stuff. All right. Have a good time, everybody. Enjoy the trip. All right. And the guidance counselor says, why aren't you going camping? And, and Laurie says, because it sounds like fun. <laughs> All right. And they're just kind of, they're just kind of having conversations about, you know, school politics and stuff and policies and the guidance counselor and, and they're and they go into a hall and they start making out. And they start kissing and stuff, and which is so funny because like she's just telling all the kids like don't do anything bad or whatever, not bad, don't don't have sex or whatever, and she's just like making out with the guidance counselor in the back hallway. And he's kind of being a little bit obnoxious, a little pushy, a little too pushy. And then he leaves her office and the secretary is just kind of like watching the door like, eh, I know what's going on there. So she sits down at her desk and starts to go through the mail and it's a nice little posh office. It's kind of neat, you know, and she's got the picture of, of her son on the on the desk there and, you know. That's right, LL Cool J's like the security guard. Melon breast. <laughs> he's like reading, I guess, like a fiction story he's writing with like a sex scene in it. And he describes the woman's breast as like melons. And his girlfriend or whoever he's talking to was like, what kind of fruit? What kind of melons are they? It's really, it's kind of funny. Oh, it's his wife. Oh, he wants to be a writer. I totally identify with that. I wonder how much of an impact this film had on me as a kid. Like, this was me, right? Like, I would have, well, this was 98, so I was I was a sophomore in high school, right? I was the exact age of these kids when this came out, you know? And I was going to graduate, and I wanted to be a writer, you know? I wanted to go write novels and go write books, and so I totally identify with his character. So uh, John Tate pops in and, and is sort of, asking the security guard for a favor just to let him out of the gates of the school. And he's trying to, he's trying to say like, oh, come on, I got to get a gift for my girlfriend. I need to get her a gift. It's, we're having a date. And he's like, no, you're not getting out of the school. No. <laughs> so they're trying to sneak out and, and he's just saying no and But I think, and he gives in, he gives in, 
And he's like, don't do me wrong. I'll help you out this one time. Comb your hair, he says. So his wife doesn't want him to be a writer because there's no money in it. And she wants him to go work for her dad. And, you know, that, that, that old chestnut. So the kids escape. They escape the confines of the, the private school and they make their way into town to Francisco's custom TVs. And they park just outside. Or no, is this the kids or is this? Oh, no, this is the mom. This is, uh, this is, uh, this is Laurie, Jamie Lynn, Carrie Tate, whatever you want to call her. Um, she has mace on her keys. Like she's, you know, it's, they're setting it up. Like she's very cautious. She's very like, you know, concerned. She's very safe. You know, doesn't take any risks because she gets it. She knows the terror. She understands what's what's happening. Not a fan of Halloween, right? All the kids are running around in their costumes and she's just sort of making her way down the street. Looks into the shop window. Thinks she sees Michael Myers right behind her. She spins around. It's just Will, the guy, her lover. And they have a bit of a kiss. And they go get some wine. They're just having a nice little Halloween lunch date, a little glass of wine, a little bit of coffee, just hanging out. Good times. Classic. 90s were good times before all the nonsense happened of the internet and everything else. Oh, she's just concerned that she's losing her son. He's growing up and... Everybody's tired, tired of her bullshit, she says. <laughs> Can something so tragic happen to someone that they never recover from it? So this guy's a counselor and, and he thinks that recovery is always possible and I'm glad they're exploring this, right? Like, I think. Oh, there's a little. She's going to tell him. She's going to tell him the story. Yeah, exp exploring the trauma, right? Of like the, the final girl, right? The final girl trauma. You don't get that. You don't get that often in horror movies, right? You don't get to see the aftermath, right? Of the survivor. So this is good stuff, right? And, um, you know, she kind of. She kind of tells him that there's some history there that she's never been able to get over and, and it's not probably ever going to get over it. And, and he says, like, what else is there? And he just offers to listen. And often that's all you need, right? That's often all you need to do is just offer to listen. And that's, that's, that's powerful right there. And she says, maybe, maybe someday, but not, not today. And he just kind of accepts that and says he'll be right back. Oh, don't say I'll be right back. Anyway. She kind of just motions for the waiter to come. And she asks for another glass of Chardonnay. And he kind of judges her a little bit because her other glass isn't finished yet. And she's like, today, sir. And she's kind of chugging it a little bit and some Halloweeners bang up against the window and one of them is like covered in blood and they're pretending to like kill each other and stuff. And she's not doing too well. She's, she just sort of chugs her wine and it's not good.
she's just trying to relax because Halloween is not fun for her. Meanwhile, her son and his friend are in the at the liquor store stealing a bottle of booze. God, teenagers. John. So they bump into them. And she's obviously mad at them for skipping out of school and being in town and stuff. And she offers to drive them back. And she tells Charlie to get. Oh, I love it. I love, I love, I love Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtin. What the fuck are you doing? She screams at him on the street. She just is clearly so pissed off that her son. And she's like, she's like this day of all days. Like you can't do this. And they kind of argue together and. And he tells her, Michael Myers is dead. I've had enough of this shit. You need to just like stop telling me this stuff. And she can't. And she wants her to like move on. She wants her to like. So she's like, I didn't exactly stay to see his ashes. So this is a continuation from part two, right? So she didn't stay around to see his ashes. And I mean, presumably she has no clue what happened in the other movies. So those movies could still exist in this timeline. Just like. He's good in this. Josh Hartnett's good in this. You want us to handcuff to your dead brother? That's fine. But you're not dragging me along with it. And not anymore. All right, they get in the car. She gets in the car. She hears Mr. Sandman. She turns it off. Kind of kind of pauses for a moment. So she's driving the kids back to school. and Oh, and there's the car. Uh-oh, so he's in town. Ronnie, she yells, oh, and there's the car. Pull it up behind them. So he's already there. He's on the scene. He's ready to go. He's right He's right behind her. Like, it's great. Already, right, right behind her. Oh, my. That is a creepy car. Reminds me of uh, Jeepers Creepers. That was a good movie, too. A weird, weird film. The director of that, I think, got in some trouble or something. But there was a creepy, creepy car in that. And she's mad at, she's mad She's mad at the security guard. Eyes up, Ronnie, she says. She's, I don't know. That's not, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that scene. Uh, eyes up, Ronnie. She's all pissed, and he calls her a psycho. And, hmm. Well. Anyway, all right, they, they go into the school. Ronnie goes back to the security office. It's kind of cool, this one's, you know, I don't know, I, I'm, 50 50 like it's not in Haddonfield 
But how many movies can you possibly do in the same little town? But they do go back to Haddonfield in the in the newer newer versions of this. And then we cut to uh, uh, John's girlfriend who's um, doing dishes in the school kitchen, I guess, or in the, the galley or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Oh, this movie, that's right. This movie has a dumb waiter in it. It's it's one of those kitchen elevators that older buildings have sometimes. I forgot. I, I kind of remember the dumb waiter from this movie, actually. That's cool. Man, this is bringing, this is like triggering some memories for me for sure. Like, has it been 20 years since this came out? So this would have been 98. So 2018, not quite yet, but we're getting there. We're getting close. Oh, and the dumb waiter has a roses and a little Halloween card on it. And she takes the takes the flowers, takes the card, opens it up, and it's got a little drawing of a pumpkin and a map, and it says, follow the map and get a surprise. That's cute. She kind of lets her hair down, and she's done working now, so she's going to go follow the map, and enjoy their their halloween break i guess halloween night break time so the map is kind of leading her into the bowels of the school into the furnace room and there's steam and there's pipes and there's you know fences and grates and industrial things and hoses and all kinds of accoutrement of the underbelly of an older building and, uh, you know, that's always creepy. There's a lot of arch, arched entryways in this movie, too. Oh, and then we get a jump scare. Josh Hartnett pops out of the shadows and is like, surprise. Aw, it's like a little happy Halloween romantic little dinner set up down here. A little table and... That's cute. Why is his shirt, like, four sizes too big for him, though? I don't... Is that Was that the look in 1998? That's... I wish that look would come back. I would, I would, it would, it would work out for me, but. So he's telling her that there's a serial killer in the family and. And he's trying to be like very optimistic, right? He's like, you need to focus on the good things in life and not, not worry so much about all the negativity, right? So I like that optimistic point of view that this character brings and. And he's being super heartthrobby. Talking real, real sort of like Josh Hartnetty speech. She says, "I'm honored to be a sterling example of the good things of life." And they start to kiss a little bit, and you know, because the dirt. So, meanwhile, see, this is cool because Jamie, you know, Laurie Short is now the teacher, right? When she was the student in the class. In the first movie, right? Remember that scene? She's the teacher now. It's cool. I like that. And she's her students are not responding to her questions and she's getting frustrated. I feel her pain. Oh, uh, and then Hartnett's girlfriend looks out the window and she sees Michael Myers in the mask looking through the gate. And it's just that's a great it's a great moment. It's a great moment, right? It's a, it's like a reversal of the original film and when Laurie looks out the window and sees Myers, Molly looks out the window, sees Myers, but now it's Laurie Strode who's calling her attention back to the classroom and and they're they're talking about Yates and death and confronting monsters. 
No, no, Thursday's Yates. This is, I think, about Frankenstein. Redemption, fate, facing the monster. If you recall, in the original film, the teacher was also talking about fate, right? That was the same, it was the same literary discussion from the original Halloween movie that Jet Laurie Strode was having the same conversation with her teacher about fate and how these two different authors kind of viewed and, and wrote about fate in different ways. Um, so again, we, it's a, that's just a nice move right there. Like that's really thoughtful filmmaking and I love it, that scene. And, uh, you know, this idea of fate coming back, you know, this is Laurie Strode's fate. This is the fate that she's been dealt. This is her, this is her lot in life. And now she's sort of feeling bad about yelling at her son. And so she's letting him go on the trip to Yosemite. But remember, now he doesn't want to go because he has these other plans, right? So she's trying to let go a little bit. And and she's like, have a great time. Just maybe call me, you know, a little bit of freedom. I hope... I want to be like that. I want to be that kind of parent. I hope I will be able to be for my kid when she gets to be that age. We'll see. Time will tell. Um, so yeah, they're not going to Yosemite. They're staying back to have their little party while everybody else goes to Yosemite. They're going to rule the school, baby. We get this sort of very cinematic Halloween theme now which I don't love if I'm being honest like you don't need the strings and all that shit just just give me the just give me the the music more arched more arched entryway so many arches in this movie maybe it's like maybe all the arches represent Laurie Strode's arc right her her character arc coming to its fulfillment in this film right or the arc of the the story of Laurie and Michael coming to its conclusion sort of here cuz this was planned to be the concluding film right like, this has a definitive ending to it, right? I'm sure that's why there are so many arcs. <laughs> or it's just a cool location to film it. And it's California. And it's just the style of the times. <laughs> oh, she turns around and bumps into the secretary and she gets scared. Oh. Oh, she says the line. It's, so that's the that's a throwback too, right? When she bumps into the the police chief, and he says the exact same thing, right? Um, I forget his name. Um, Bracket, Chief Bracket. Uh, you know, everyone's entitled to one good scare on Halloween, right, Laurie? It's cool. A lot of echoes. And so the secretary's trying to like. She's trying to like tell her, give her some positive vibes too, right? And she just says, take care of yourself. And, you know, he. So wait, she went and got wasted on wine at lunch and then came back and taught her class. That doesn't seem great. That doesn't seem like the best plan for, for a high school teacher. Now, uh, the secretary says, happy Halloween, Miss Tate. And she kind of pauses and turns back and doesn't really respond because she hates Halloween, obviously. Let me get this nice exterior shot of the buses leaving. I don't know. There was something different about the way they captured. Like, I don't know if it was the cameras or the film, but like light just looks different. Maybe because it's like more real back in 1998. Like this is not like 
post-produced. Like there's not like any post-production. It's just the actual light. Um, I feel like maybe that's like a little bit of a lost art these days. Like now, like lighting is just like a lot of it's so digital now. But like, I don't know, there's something there's something that just feels real about it. And as the buses leave and the sun sets behind the hills, we see the old timey truck that Michael Myers was driving around in kind of headlights come on. And he makes his way up to the high school. I love again. I love the light of this. Like, there's a there's a I don't know what it is about it. I can't put my finger on it, but like it. And so Hello Cool J is sorry. I go back, there's so many things happening. L O Cool J is just reading his like erotic novel to his wife and she's just getting pissed about it. She likes parts of it, but she's kind of yelling at him a little bit too. And then someone arrives and um, it's it's the Michael Myers truck. Anyway, the lighting is just, I don't know. There's something about the light that places this movie for me in a particular time period. I don't know how to describe that, but like I could see a movie from 2018 and, and, and it, you know, realize that it's from 2018 just because of the way it's lit. I don't know. The lighting is just interesting to me. Um, so uh, I, I already forgot this guy's name. Um, he goes out and, and investigates the truck, which is just sitting there now on with headlights on. He opens the gate. No one's in the truck. I mean, I don't know. That seems a little bit uh, sus to just like open the gate to go investigate the car that's just sitting there idling with no one in it. Maybe not the best choice. And he like opens the door and looks and Michael Myers is right behind him. And he just kind of lets him go. And he just kind of walks past him a little bit. And he turns the car off and he's kind of confused. He's like, what the heck is this? In the meantime, Michael Myers just kind of casually, uh, you know, walked into the, <laughs> walked into their school. <laughs> Jesus. It's like he can do whatever he wants. He's <laughs> so he just closes the gate and he's like, ah, I guess it's just the car. It kind of drove itself. He, he literally is just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's ridiculous. He's like, no, it's crazy. All right. He just leaves it there. Oh, and then Michael Myers is there in the window and he's just like staring at him. So he's kind of like investigating and the car turns off somehow. Lights go out. He just locks the door of the security station. <laughs> Michael Myers is just like creeping out the window, banging into stuff. I don't know. It's a little silly. It's a little bit. Oh, the phone's dead. How's the phone dead? It's, it's the Michael Myers EMP pulse. Come on, guys. He, he doesn't just magically kill the phone line. H how? How did he do that? I don't know. I'm not into that. I'm not into the phone just going dead for no reason. <laughs> it's like, what? Um, still, though. Still good. Again, though, I'll, I'll make this commentary again. I've made this a couple of times. I, I, I kind of made this out the second one. There's something about the original film that doesn't feel like a movie. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be a movie. I think this is what the Blair Witch Project had that made it so magical and so resonating with audiences was that it, it didn't feel like a movie. It didn't feel like you were watching a movie. This feels like I'm watching a movie. Like it, this thing kind of knows that it's a movie and it's doing things like almost rhetorically. I won't, I won't start talking about rhetoric, but like it's, it's making moves and it's like doing things that movies do. 
if that makes any kind of sense. Like you, you feel like it's a movie. There's pacing, there's plot, there's direction. There's like elements that are standard in movies. Oh, and then, and then she sees him. She sees him coming. And at first she just, she just thinks like, Hey, so I'm having another moment here. I just got to close my eyes. He's going to go away. Starts closing her eyes. He's not going away. This is a great shot of him. Like walking down the thing in the dark. And she's just like closing her eyes, go away. He's not going away. He's just coming towards her. And she's like, go away, go away, go away. Oh God. And then it's, it's the guy. It's her, it's her, it's her lover again. She keeps thinking he's Michael Myers. Um, but yeah, the first film didn't feel like a movie like that. It just, it didn't. And I think it was because it was so low budget and it was so sort of like a, a passion project. It didn't have, I don't think it had a lot of these sort of oversight and constraints and, and, and stuff that like bigger budget Hollywood feature films have that I think sometimes impact the, I don't know. It, it changes it somehow. I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe, but this movie feels like a movie and that's cool. I mean, movies are, I love movies, so it's good. It's not a bad thing. Um, it's just different. It's like a different vibe. Anyway, they kind of have a little exchange. He walks away and then he sees Michael Myers kind of creep into the shadows. He's like, hello, who's that guy? Oh, so, okay. So scream is, that's cool. So scream is on the TV. I think it might be scream Two, actually. Or, or no, no, you know what? It's not scream. It's, I think, I think it's, I know what you did last summer. But anyway, it's another like film within the film moment. Really cool. And is that Sarah? Was that Sarah Michelle Geller from I know, you, I know What You Did Last Summer? Which of course gets spoofed, you know, to all hell in Scary Movie, which is hilarious. Um, all right. So the guidance counselor like checks in on, on the, the students in their dorm room or whatever. And so they're kind of just like goofing around, got kids creeping in, you know, jumping in, climbing in through the windows, you know, sneaking around, having fun, doing kid stuff. And they got some. And so uh, Laurie goes home and she's got some vodka in her freezer. She's grabbing a drink. She's going to maybe have some frozen pizza later. Someone put a lovely bouquet on the on the island in the middle of the kitchen. A lot of arches in the kitchen facade here, too. So many arches. It's just curved doorways everywhere. So many curved doorways in this movie. It's unbelievable. Um, man, she's just like hammering down this vodka, like just chugging it. Looks at herself in the mirror. Kind of takes a moment. <laughs> Has some mouthwash after the vodka. Spits it out. I guess she's in the bathroom. She's kind of just like, okay, get it together. Knock at the door. Lovely house, though. Um, so she answers the door. And it's Will. What an asshole. He brought a pumpkin. Does he not know her at all? Like. Meanwhile, at the school, the kids are. Like just raiding the kitchen pantry. They've got like seven pies, like corn on the cob, like all the food they can find. They're just bringing it up to the dorm. They're just going to have a big party. 
It's fun. I mean, I remember doing some stuff like that when I was in college, so. Um, they got so many, so many freaking candles. Look at all these candles. My God. It must have taken them an hour to light all these damn candles. Um, so they got all the food. No, that's fun. That's fun times. Um, but Laurie is out of the picture. Like she, Michael Myers is on campus now, right? And she's at home. So like she's out. And these kids are, are you know, in trouble now. They're at risk. So the one, the friend with the turtleneck and the flannel shirt kind of goes off on his own. And man, they have a lot of globes at this school. So many, so many globes. So a surplus of, of globes for, for geographic study. Meanwhile, back at Laurie Strode's house, her and Will are making out, drinking, eating, I don't know what, Swedish fish or something. Did they eat the pumpkin? Maybe they ate the pumpkin. And she says, I'm not who you think I am. So she just tells him flat out, my name's not Carrie Tate. So she tells him her real name. She tells him she, she changed her name when she went into hiding. And then she tells him the story. Wow. My brother killed my sister when she was 17. And he says, that's sucky. What an idiot. He's not even listening to her. <laughs> Let's remember, folks, this is the guy that brought the pumpkin to the woman that hates Halloween and is like self-medicating with alcohol to not have to deal with it being Halloween. <laughs> what a dick. Um, so she said on that, that she got away and this, this brother of hers killed a lot of her friends and, uh, and it happened on Halloween. He still is kind of mocking her a little bit and he's heard the story. Michael Myers. So he knows the story, right? And so I, I've made that, I've made that comment before that this these movies are aware of themselves. They're aware that there's this killer and the killer is famous in this world of Halloween. And I think that's an interesting thing about these movies, right? So she she faked so Laurie Strode faked her death. And now and now she's like he's finally like getting it that like she she's really telling him the truth and like Michael Myers really is her brother and she really is Laurie Strode and and she says I'll be right back you can't don't have it what come on guys that's two times people have said I'll be right back in this movie she's got a lit jacket so they carved the damn jack-o'-lantern and lit it and put it on the damn kitchen table And so he's kind of processing this new information. And he's like, you don't think he'd still be coming after you after all this time, right? And, she, and she's like telling him, like, he sat in a sanitarium for 15 years waiting. 
And this is cool. Like she's telling the story from the first film, like one rainy night, you know, and he decides to go trick or treating. It's cool. Cool way to put it. 17. And then she is like sort of putting it together. Like, Oh shit. I was 17. His sister was 17. My son is, my son is 17. And now she's she's like freaking out. Like she's like, I did they get to Yosemite? Did they make it? Are they there? Oh, and the phones are dead. All the fucking phones are dead. How is that possible? How is every phone in the damn city dead? Oh, and she realizes that all the sleeping bags are still in his room. They didn't even go to Yosemite. And they didn't go, they didn't go, they didn't go. So she's like, she's got her, she's got her gun. Everybody's always telling her she's nuts, you're overreacting. She's like, shut the, oh my God. And the security guard guy shows up and she almost shoots him, which, you know, Jesus. So he, he goes to her home to tell her there's a strange car. That's weird. Oh, wait a minute. She, uh, wait a minute. Oh, she lives on camp. Okay. She lives on camp. So, okay, I didn't get that. Okay, so she didn't go anywhere. She she lives on the at the place. So they're all kind of in the same local area. I get it. Okay, sorry. So it's kind of weird. All right. So one of the one of the friends now is in the kitchen. I don't know her name. I didn't catch it earlier, probably because I was jabbering about some nonsense um about probably about arched doorways but uh she's making her way through the kitchen sort of here and it's you know dark and and she's looking for charlie and charlie's there he's in the shadows and he kind of comes out and scares her a little bit and kind of gives her a little hug from behind and she's just been like clamoring to eat for like this whole movie she's like i just love food i want to eat all the food so he's going down in the dumb waiter he's he's taking a ride down in the little elevator there's a box of Pringles in the background there. Halloween H2O brought to you by Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. This podcast is brought to you by Pringles Chips. Once you pop, you can't stop. Go buy some Pringles, everybody, and Jif peanut butter. Also, kitchen knives. This podcast is sponsored by Sharp Kitchen Knives. Make sure you subscribe to Sharp Kitchen Knives now for a free Sharp Kitchen Knife once a week. Oh, he... No, no, what? No, 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 no. No, no, what's this? No, there is not a garbage disposal scene in this. Oh my God. What the shit is this? Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. The camera is in the garbage disposal. He reaches. No, you never reach your hand in. Oh, I can't. I can't watch it. I cannot watch this. Oh, Jesus. He's looking at the light switch and he's hands down in the thing. Oh, no, my God, no. Oh, this is, this is not going to end. Oh, he's looking for the corkscrew in the garbage disposal. It's such a, this is a good scene. Oh, I hate that. He gets it. Michael Myers is right there. He's right there in the kitchen. Charlie bumps into him and his face is reflected in Michael Myers' eye. That's a cool shot. Oh God, sorry. I freaked out about the garbage. I don't like it. I don't like the garbage disposal thing. Do we get a payoff on that? Like, is someone going to get their hand eviscerated in the garbage disposal, or is that just a, a nonsense moment? All right, so the 
Charlie's girlfriend sees Michael Myers out the window and she goes to investigate. Um, it's very eerily similar to the kitchen setup from the first movie with those drapes. <laughs> she says no sex games till I've eaten. <laughs> She's hangry. Well, Hank, no, not, not hungry, angry. She's like hungry, scared. I don't know what the, I don't know what the combo word would be for that. Um, she opens the dumb waiter and Charlie's still in there and, oh, he's dead. Charlie's dead. He's dead in the dumb waiter with his neck cut open. And there's Michael Myers now in front of her with a knife. And she's like, holy shit, what is this? And she she jumps in the dumb waiter with her dead boyfriend and pulls the thing. Oh, he stabs her in the leg as she's closing the door. That's cool. We don't usually get like usually the, the elevator door. Oh, that's a good shot too of him looking up. Oh, but her she's not her leg is cut and that's not good and, and her boyfriend's dead and that's bad. Alright, so she kind of stumbles out of the dumb waiter and oh rips her clo- her what's this her what her, her clothing is getting stuck somehow oh jesus oh he cuts the rope oh brutal oh god her leg gets smashed in the dumb waiter oh that's so gross oh god it's so gross dude that's so nasty oh it's like half hanging off her legs like half hanging off Oh, they're listening to angsty 90s teenager music. I love it. And just what to do. Creed and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Josh Hartnett and his girlfriend are down in the basement listening to 90s music. He's got a he's got a classic 90s baggy sweater on. Meanwhile, this woman who wanted to eat dinner is just like cut up and her leg is half fallen off. And she's just sort of like crawling through the kitchen. And here comes Michael Myers like. And she just is like, oh, God, no, Jesus, it's intense. Shit's intense. And she's she's begging for her life. And he kind of puts his boot on her neck and just kind of like stabs her a bunch of times, like repeatedly stabs her in the back. Brutal. See, I don't, I don't know about the repeated stabbing. Like, I don't know if Michael Myers is into that kind of thing. Like, I feel like he would have just stabbed her once and kind of stared at her for a second, but whatever, it's fine. All right, now the other two kids are in the kitchen looking for their friends, and they're just like, where? She says, maybe they just skipped dessert, and they step, they step in a giant puddle of blood, and they see, like, a giant blood trail, and they're just like, oh, what's that? So let's, let's investigate the giant blood trail that's like the whole kitchen is just like covered in, in blood let's go and see what the deal is with that he thinks it's a joke it's not a joke dude they're following the blood all the way to the back room of the kitchen it's very dark you know that's where you always want to go if you see a giant blood trail always go to where it ends because that seems like a safe safe place to go Oh my, holy shit, she's like hung up on the light and they turn the light on and she like, oh God, and he's there standing in the shadows and he kind of turns his head. That's a great scene. And now they're running. Oh, it's good. It's good stuff. 
And they jump out the window and they're just, they're booking it. Their friends are dead. They're just running, terrified. They're just running through the, running through the woods, running through the campus here. And they're just like, oh God. Go to the dorms, call the cops. Oh God, there he is. Oh, Josh Hartnett punches him in the face a bunch of times. And Michael Myers pushes him to the ground and stabs him in the leg. Oh, he stabbed him in the leg. And then his girlfriend hits him with a, in the ass with a rock, knocks him down. He gets up like kind of angrily. And now they're running, but he's got a hurt leg. It's a good shot of him like through the woods there. Again, I, 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 hands out, you know, hats off to the lighting crew on these movies. It's just really good. Horror movies are always good with lighting. Oh, God. All right, so here's the fumble for the keys scene. Uh, she can't find the right key. He's coming around the corner. Oh, they're like, go, go, go. He's just so slow. He's just walking. And they jump in through the gate. And, oh, and she drops the keys on the other side of the damn gate. And he's coming, and he's getting closer and closer. And she's just like, give me the keys. Oh, she she couldn't get the keys. Oh, and he's stabbing through the gate. He's just trying to get him. I love how relentless. This is a good scene. Like, he's just so relentless with trying to kill them. Like, all right, now he's got the keys. Oh shit! And then here comes, oh what a great! It's the mo- it's the moment. It's such a good moment. They see each other through this circular hole in the door, and they it's just like what a moment! It's so good. That's such a good shot. They just regard each other for a second. The, 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 these two opposing forces, these diametric forces, you know, good evil, and uh, that's a great shot right there. That's that's classic. Who was that? Who the fuck do you think it is? Will, whatever. My brother. That's great. That's a good moment in this movie, for sure. So she stuffs him in a closet. Just just the way she's talked to the kids from the original movie. Do as I say. Get in there. Right? The way she talked to Tommy and, and Lindsay back in the 20 years ago. It's great. A little throwback there, too. And now Will and, and Jamie Lee, Laurie Strode are making their way through the, through the building. She's got a gun, and I, I'm guessing it's a similar gun that Loomis had back back in the original film. I, why does this? Why do these curtains billowing in look so familiar to me? I, I feel like I've seen this set before. Maybe it's just from this movie, but like it just. Oh my god! Of course, of course. That's so fucking fucked up. Excuse my language, but you know what just happened here, right? Oh my God, it's so messed up. They shot the the one black character in the film, the police officer, gets shot by accident and killed. That's that's messed up. Like, what a harbinger. What what a harbinger of tragedy to come in real life. Uh, it's, wow, that's really screwed up. It's really screwed up. And then Will gets stabbed and... 
He's kind of quivering on the end of Michael Myers' knife. We see the knife go all the way through him. Uh, and he drops. All right, now everyone's dead. Another closet. And here comes Michael Myers down the hallway. And there's there's blood dripping off the door of the closet, and he sees it, and he just busts his way through the door. And this is just like the end of the first one. Oh, but guess what? She's not in there this time. She busts out from behind him and hits him over the head with a fire extinguisher. And he goes down for a second, and then he kind of sits. He kind of sits there, like in his classic little pose. And then he gets up and starts pursuing them again. She's always walking. He kind of has—I don't know—he has a Christopher Walken hair vibe in this movie, but it's still it's still scary. And they're just running away, and he's chasing them, and they're running through the dark, and. All right, they get to the car. And he's right behind him. She's just screaming to get in the car, get in the car now. And he's just walking down the down the driveway. She puts the keys in, hits the ignition, and he's like, go, go, go. He's right there. Go, go, go. Car won't start, of course, obviously, always. And then it kicks on, and he's right in the window. She she pops the pops the emergency brake and off they go. And they leave him. They leave him behind. They get to the security gate and how do they get out? Oh, she has to get out of the car to hit the code. Isn't his car still there? She 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 tells him to go. She tells him to get out of there, get an ambulance and call the police. And she tells him to go. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's what needs like that's great. She like needs to go confront him, right? Let's go. Let's go, Laurie. Let's do this. Epic. She picks up a damn rock. Oh, okay. She smashes the thing. Okay. Okay, good. His car is still sitting there. So she smashes the gate so I guess he can't get out. I mean, that gate seems climbable, but okay. And she breaks the emergency thing and grabs an axe. All right, here we go. The Halloween music plays as she sort of slowly makes her way back up the driveway to confront the ultimate evil. This was smart. Like, this was the way to do it. It was just Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers, you know? And uh, th- we're going to get this again, right? We're going to get this again tomorrow. I'm actually recording this on October 13th, so... The, the newest Halloween film comes out tomorrow and Halloween ends. And so we're going to get another another Here's flavor right of this. Um, so she's screaming, Michael, Michael. She's kind of making her way through the school, screaming his name, to, like pursuing him now. It's a great turn, right? I think it's really cool. She's very pissed. She's had enough. She's going to she's going to end it. Why does that look so familiar to me that? That hallway with the wind blowing in with the curtains. Oh, what? He was up in the roof? What the hell is that? So she swings the axe. He stabs her in the same arm in the same exact spot. She hits him in the shoulder with an axe. She runs off. Good camera pan down shot right there. 
He grabs the axe, doesn't care about it, tosses it into the ground. It sticks there, and he keeps walking, keeps coming after her. So she she lost her axe, and now he's he's just he's just kind of stalking her. I don't know how he was like up in the ceiling, just hanging out up there somehow. But and she's hiding under a table. I don't know how he doesn't see that, but he doesn't. She's very much like. And she rolls out of there. She rolls under. She's kind of army crawling around into different tables and stuff. Looking for him, kind of hiding, watching. It's a good set, though. It's a good, like, it's a good environment. Of course, he's on top of her table, just standing above her, ready to pounce as soon as she comes out. And she realizes, like, oh, he's up there, isn't he? Oh, yep, there he is. And he's stabbing, and she's under the table, hiding and scared. And So she kind of distracts him for a second, and then she she runs, and he's kind of just walking across the tops of the tables. This is a good shot. Oh, and then he jumps down and starts to stab at her, and she... I don't know. This is, now, he's, now he starts to flip the tables over. He's had enough. It's an interesting scene, though, like her kind of slithering on the floor, like in a very position of not a lot of power and him kind of above her the whole time. Then she grabs the flag and sort of spears him with it, stabs him with the damn California Republic flag and then throws the other half of it at him. That's cool. I have a hat with that California Republic image on it. Um, Then she runs into the kitchen Starts, you know, putting things in his path to block him. There's a whole drawer of knives. She grabs it, dumps him on the ground. He kicks all the stuff out of the way. She starts throwing knives at him. They're not really doing anything. She's they're not having a lot of effect here. That's a good shot, too. I remember that, actually. So he stabs through the drawer that she holds up and kind of stops his knife. Then she knees him right in the nuts. And then... She grabs a knife of her own and he continues to pursue her. I don't know. He seems like different in this movie. Like he has more of like a anger to him in this. I don't know if I dig that. Like. All right. So now she's just stabbing him. She's just stabbing him. That's great. And she knocks him off the balcony down onto the into the room they were in before onto one of the tables and the table breaks and he kind of lays there for a second. Come on, Laurie. You know it's not over. Get down there. She drops the knife. Just like before. Come on, Laurie. You know better. She's a little bit hurt, too. She's kind of staggering down the stairs. holding her arm where he cut where he cut her again in that same spot, same laceration. She kind of makes her way down the stairs and walks into the room to make sure he's still there. And he is. He's got a knife stuck in his chest. He's lying prone on the floor under on top of this broken table, all sorts of bloody wounds on his clothing. And uh, She gets right right up close to him and she pulls the knife from his chest with some force and kind of raises the knife to to render him 
And then the security, oh, the security guard stops her. And he says, he's dead, he's dead. And she's like, no, he's not dead. Good Lord. Come on, LL Cool J. He's definitely not dead, folks, right? The boogeyman. You can't kill the boogeyman, right? You can't kill the boogeyman. All right, so we kind of get a fade to the coroner van. The police are on the scene. And now LL Cool J has been inspired to write a romantic thriller. Bullet just grazed him and he's fine. He was not killed. And we see Michael Myers being put into a body bag. He's dead, folks. He is done. He's in a body bag. And, and Laurie is just like, I don't know. I'm not convinced. She grabs the axe off the hood of the police car. Grabs, grabs one of the cop's guns and says, don't, don't move. And she kind of yells at the coroner's people to load him in, shut the door. She steals the coroner's van and off she goes, right? We thought it was over. It's not over. Laurie has stolen the body of Michael Myers and is taking it somewhere. This is cool, right? Like, I I remember this, this very much. remember this when I was seeing this when I was a kid. Um, So she's driving, kind of looking in the rearview mirror at this body bag back there, not convinced he's dead. Nothing's happening yet. She's just kind of driving sporadically down these twisty, turny California Hills roads. And then we start to see the body bag move a little bit. And yeah, she's like, yep, I knew it. He's alive. You can't, you can't kill the boogeyman. And she's just charging off into the night. And then she, she sort of sees him struggling in the body bag and she's like, oh shit, he's, he is alive. Okay, I got to deal with this. It's a lot of body bag, body baggery. He eventually finds his way out and we get the sit up moment. That was an interesting way they shot that, I guess. Oh, and she slams on the brakes and he goes flying out of the front windshield, just flying out of the windshield, tumbles onto the dirt road in front of the, in front of the van and is just kind of lying there. And she's like, come on, get up. And, and, you know, inevitably he does. He does the sit up. Yeah. I don't like that sit up. I'm not, I don't like that. It was too like shaky. It should have just been like right up. She floors it, smashes him with the van. He's, he's now pinned on the front of the van. They're kind of staring at each other. And she smiles at him. And she just takes that thing off the side of the damn mountain. She's just like, this is it. I've, I'm done. I'm going off the mountain with him. So she goes flying. He goes, what the hell? Did Wait, was that her that flew out? I was confused. Oh, and he gets just pinned against this oh yeah so she flew out of the van into the bushes and he just gets pinned up against this tree by that giant van now and he's stuck he can't he can't get out and the van catches on fire ironic because this was kind of like what happened to her boyfriend in the second movie right ben tramer who was dressed as michael myers was 
rammed by the police into a van that looked just like this coroner's van and he burned to death and no one really cared about that. Um, so she finds the axe amongst the weeds and brambles and she's just sort of covered in blood now from this going down this mountain, limping, beat up, bruised, bloodied, traumatized. All we hear is the sound of the crickets and Laurie Strode sort of limping her way towards Michael Myers. And there he is sort of passed out, draped over this tree, pinned up against it by this van that is now on fire. And she stands before him. Michael, she says. And he kind of perks up when he hears her voice. And he seems distraught and confused. He doesn't know what's going on. Kind of grabs his head for a second. She gets his attention. Michael. He reaches out his hand to her. It's a weird moment. Like, help me, I guess? Or, I'm still trying to kill you? Not sure. Could be either. She kind of, this no, what is this? She sort of reaches out to touch his hand for a moment, and they touch just, just, just very so slightly. And then she kind of sighs and smirks. And it just decapitates his head. She just fucking decapitates him. One fell swoop. We get, the, we get the sound effect from the kills from the original movie. And we get the original John Carpenter theme. And his head goes rolling off into the bushes, masking everything, eyes open. And there's Laurie Strode just breathing victorious. I killed Michael Myers. What an ending, right? Like, where do you go from there? Where do you possibly go from there? She decapitated him. Like, that was a good move. Like, I liked that one. That one was good. It was a little bit too overproduced, in my opinion. I wish it had been a little more, like, low budgety, But, like, I really like some of the throwbacks and callbacks to the original. You know, there were some kind of scary moments, I guess. But there were some cool kind of, you know, it was kind of creepy and scary. And it was Michael Myers and all that. It was good. You know, I liked that one. I thought I thought Jamie Lee Curtis did a great job coming back as Laurie Strode. And we're going to get more with her soon because she, of course, came back in 2000 and whenever more recently to do these newer films, this sort of trio of Halloween movies. Oh, and then we get some classic 90s music here on the credits after the Halloween theme fades away. It's pretty good stuff. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that one. Halloween H2O. 20 years later, kind of a neat, kind of a neat film. I like that one. I remember, I remember I have a soft spot in my heart because I, I think I remember going with my friends to the movie theater in 1998 when I was in high school to see that film and, you know, watching Michael Myers get his head cut off at the end was just like, holy shit, like that's a big deal, right? So, um, yeah, cool. Well, I hope you enjoyed this one. This was episode seven of the Halloween special. I'm Justin. If you like the podcast, follow it, subscribe. Uh, let me know what, what you're into. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with this, so I really appreciate you listening and hanging out with me and watching all these Michael Myers Halloween movies with me. So thank you and 
I'll look forward to our next episode, episode eight, um, Halloween Resurrection. So, yeah. Until next time, folks, thanks for listening and happy Halloween.